Grab your coffee. It's time for an episode of Chit Chat with the Queer and Creative. I'm your host, Melissa Da Silva. Hello, Chit Chatters. I hope all of you are doing well. And if you're not, maybe you need to come on a one-on-one transformational retreat with me in Puerto Rico. If you want more information on that, head over to my website, melissadasilva.com, and fill out the form so that you and I can chat about how I can help you get to the next level in your life. So my guest today is such an amazing person. Doing this interview, my face hurt so bad from laughing and smiling so much doing this interview. My guest today has taken her stories and have created into a one-woman show. And in the interview, we discuss how, although all of us have our individual journeys and stories, in the core of our lives, a lot of us are experiencing the same thing, just in a different way. And it's extremely important for other people to know our stories, because like my guest today says, I am you. And It's important for us to learn how to communicate with our families and our children. And through those stories and communication, we can help them avoid some of the pitfalls that we have experienced ourselves. I know not having any children, I try to share my stories with other young people who work with me or when I was a school social worker, I enjoyed telling my advisory students some of the stories that I've experienced. We all do a lot of the same things because we don't realize that there's other people that have walked the same path and has had the same experience. My guest today, Catherine Warren, or I like to call her Miss Kitty Rose because I love that name, talks about this and so much more. So I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did with Miss Kitty Rose. Hello, Chit Chatters. I'm so glad that you are here with me and my guest, Catherine Warren, also known as Kat, also known as Minister Catherine Warren. And if you had the video, you would see what a beautiful smile she has. But just take my word for it. It is amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today. You are a woman of so many talents. As we all I would like to think so, yes. <laughs> Women. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, wait, that's not fair. Wait, okay, yes, as we all wink, wink. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you are an amazing person. Like, you look like you're 20 years old and you've done like a bazillion things. <laughs> well, wait, I know your audience can't see me, but there is a saying out in the world that black don't crack. So, <laughs> 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 I'm about to be 50 in four years, bro. So no way. That's man. And I got and I got three babies, 25, 22, and my youngest is 17, honey. Wow. Yes, I would have never have guessed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so do you talk about this in your project? Hashtag I am you, because I know it's like a sarcastic satire. Um you know, monologue about your journey in life, right? Right. So yes, I do talk about um, children, and I and actually, it's weird because 
the, the statement I'm about to make to you and your audience, I haven't made before. One of the reasons I think that I look this way is because I'm happy. And mm. I think, you know, when you live a happy life, stress ages you. You know what I'm saying? Being unhappy ages you. So I don't necessarily do too many things different from anyone else. But I think because the basis of my life is secure and I'm happy with it is why I don't have wrinkles. I don't have, you know, I have eczema. That sucks. You know what I'm saying? But I don't, but I don't, but that doesn't make me look aged. That just gives me spots. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but I, and, and a lot of that has to do with my children. And a lot of that has to do with the reason why I started and I wrote and produced hashtag I am you, which is my one woman comedic satire monologue, because I felt like in this time of reflection, as I turned 45 two years ago, you know, I was looking at, you know, what's next. But in order to look at what's next, we have to look at how we got here. And sometimes we don't want to do that because we're a little embarrassed or ashamed of some of the steps along the journey. But my journey is not just to make me better, it's to make the next generation, my children. Because if I'm out here in the streets trying to so-called save the world, help this person, help that person, but I don't help my own within the household that I'm in, then all that work on the outside is fraud life. It's not authentic. It's not real. Or it doesn't really give you what you need for your own fulfillment. You know, so I won't say fraud. Like, let me take that back because I do. I used to I looked at a um, Nina Simone was was like really my catalyst to this motherhood thing. She was a in my opinion, a beautiful activist in the way that she was able to combine her music, her talent with her message. But at home, she sucked as a mom. So I felt like, you know, how can we be out here in the world, but we don't take what's necessary or what we learn or that same fighting passion and instill it in our children. But we can't instill it in our children if we are in denial about how we got there. And so many of us from cultures all across the board, from backgrounds sexually, from whatever your gender, everything across the board is pretty much the same. We live in secret. We do not discuss things. We 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 sit, we say what stays in this house stays in this house, but we don't even talk in the house. So, you know, I was like, let me, you know, sh- let me share some stories that people could relate to, maybe not exactly the stories themselves, but the feeling behind why I did what I did, how I did what I did, so they could see how someone like them came into their own and acceptance and was able to be authentic in really raising my children, which I'm still now doing with young adults Mm -hmm. and not only raising young adults, but being an example to young adults. And then the work outside and the work outside, because we are still a society that likes to be entertained. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I said, well, let me put together, you know, a play. Let me put together a show. So in coming out and being entertained, you get to also see some reflection. You get to also see that, you know, not that I'm just not in this fight by myself, but I can let it go and be okay with it. Like what I did or what happened to me or what I went through, you know what? Those things were the building blocks and the tests. They didn't define me. So they don't have to keep me captured 
by not sharing that story so that my daughter or my son doesn't have to go through the same thing and get that light bulb moment at 40. We lose so much time in our 20s and 30s trying to figure it out. We all get it by the time we get to our 40s, but why are we not giving it once we get it? Why are we now keeping it to ourselves? which we yes. tend to now do. So mm-hmm. I'm here to break that, that cycle of repeat uh, denial, repeat, you know, uh, um, quietness and shame and be out boldly, come out and say, yes, this happened to me and that happened to me. And you might even laugh when I tell you what happened to me, but you know what? Let's laugh together because look at where I'm at right now and not just look at where I'm at, look at the fruits of my labor. Look at my children. If you could look at my children and even like them, then, you know, maybe I'm, I'm doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's interesting you said that you're you're happy. I know that you're an artist and that has helped you keep stay young, especially with the children. I recently watched a documentary about eccentric people and how they did this 10-year research and they found that eccentric people tend to live longer um, than typical people, whatever typical okay. is. But uh, would you consider yourself eccentric? I wouldn't have, but I think everyone else probably does. (laughs) (laughs) I think the world, that's interesting. I never thought about that. I think people looking at me think I'm eccentric. I don't Mm. think I am. I think I live a really kind of corny, simple, pretty boring life. But what I think is eccentric about my life is I live on my own terms. Mm. And I think that's what people think is eccentric. They don't know what it looks like always. Like I'm always, I've been self-employed since 2003 and I've had the Kitty Rose lifestyle since 2006. This is 2021. I think people stopped telling me to get a job in 2019. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Now, tell us a little bit about the Kitty Rose uh, lifestyle. Well, the Kitty Rose lifestyle is one, I am Kitty Rose, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm still so, jealous of the name. Right. <laughs> well, I'm half a Kitty Rose. So um, we can still be together, Melissa, because okay. my daughter's okay. name is Rose, like you. So yep. that's the Rose. And so I'm not the Rose, I'm just the Kitty. But <laughs> but Kitty Rose is a, is a business that I wanted to share with my daughter and lifestyle is because I do everything and anything in a positive way to make money. I'm a hustler. So it's my lifestyle (laughs) that I do to to make money, but within community, within the arts, you know? So my weekly income was a retail store because my husband, he was a designer. So when I left corporate, I was in the fashion, clothing, entertainment industry. So I opened up a retail space. So that was kind of like the brick and mortar was the, the weekly money that came in. But then that allowed me, because I was in Harlem with my retail space, to get more involved in the community and the arts. So I would do luncheons and I would do gallery, you know, exhibitions. I would, you know, do a couple of parties here at night and with a theme of supporting a charity here and there. And then, you know, I started designing earrings and it just became like the retail space is therapy, you know, like the hair, Mm -hmm. like the beauty shop. You know, women come in there buy a t-shirt, but spent an hour talking about their baby daddy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you bought a $5 t-shirt and you are in here for an hour. <laughs> wow, your therapy fees are very low. <laughs> <laughs> 
was good. <laughs> exactly. So I had to raise that bitch. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and now, and now you get twenty five dollars to come see IMU. No, you saw that's right. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was funny. But <laughs> so in developing my business, as it grew, I just went into the different trends that your business had to go in to stay competitive with other folks. So that meant when the internet became on the scene, you know, that took a transition for businesses, you know what I mean? And I had to adapt, you know, and I was still a small, excuse me, I was still a micro business. So in being a micro business, I still had to learn how to do certain techniques myself because I couldn't pay for them, you know, and Mm -hmm. I majored in marketing. So I was always, even though I went to school with theater and in the arts, I was always that girl who wanted to figure out how people behind the scenes did. I was always the money person, you know, the producer, like how do you gain capital? I, from day one, I knew we lived in a capitalist country, not a democracy. And I wanted mm-hmm. to, you know, make money, you know, that I don't yeah. know why that was ingrained, but it was ingrained in me from day one. So I was always trying to figure out ways to keep extending what it is I did, but to be a full-time parent. To be that parent that volunteered at my children's school, to be that parent that took them to school, that be that parent that was home when they got home so that they could have someone watch them or go to their games or go to their practices, you know, or even be able to afford for them to be in these programs. So the lifestyle, the Kitty Rose lifestyle was really was a way for me to continue to be creative so I can have income coming in and be a full-time parent because that was at the time the most important thing to me was really you know working and developing my children mm-hmm. and now I went into videography and then I went into mar- you know working with other small businesses and then I went into producing tv and I went I did radio and you know just wow. but all of it going back to the Kitty Rose lifestyle wasn't like a new business. It was all like, okay, now we're on the radio. Okay, now we're doing TV. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And now we're doing a film, you know, and then I'm teaching at the same time, but all under, and let me say this, the main reason, and I didn't even realize this until a second ago, the main reason why all of those different things had to still come under the Kitty Rose lifestyle is because for those years, I was also on welfare. I was on welfare but not doing like their back to work programs. So in order for me not to do their programs, I still had to have an employer. So the Kitty Rose lifestyle was my employer. And then I paid my quarterly taxes and I have an awesome accountant. Wink, wink. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, you know, <laughs> does my numbers right. <laughs> It's just you, me, and, and our you know yes. audience right here. Those two other people that listen to this episode. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I still had to operate as a business, but I learned how to maneuver being on public assistance to be a full-time parent, to have an income coming in, and to have protection so that I could still kind of maneuver, have assistance with my rent, have assistance with my health care, have assistance with food, all of that nature. And I shared that because that's also a story in IMU because I was ashamed when I realized that I had spent 25 years on welfare. I was embarrassed because I was like, how did that even happen? I didn't even know that I had spent 25 years. And I kind of 
didn't own it like I'm doing right now. And I'm like, well, why am I embarrassed and ashamed about actually something that I was able to use effectively to help my end game? So again, I got to tell people about it because the stigma is, are you lazy or you using or whatever it is? It's not Mm -hmm. this. So Mm -hmm. if it's not this, don't be ashamed that you've been on welfare for the last 28 years. Own it, but let folks know within that time, all the accomplishment that I've been able to do business-wise and family-wise. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing for people to know too. I mean, because there is that stigma, right? About like, oh, I'm on welfare and I don't want anybody to know. I mean, that's a beautiful thing for you to share with people because look at how much you have given back to the community and to your family. It's just, it's just amazing everything that you've been able to do so far. I so do far. Think I sh- so far. I do yeah. think that I should have hired Kitty Rose Lifestyle to help me sell my oh. <laughs> picture feet, my feet picture business that I had for one day. <laughs> hey, hold on. But was your feet picture business on OnlyFans? No, because I didn't want to put my face on there. And you but I don't think you have to put your face. I think you could have only put your feet on OnlyFans. I tried. Oh, you did? Oh. Yeah. So okay. I just built my own website and okay. uh, did a little membership <laughs> site. I mean, I went through this whole process. Really, it was procrastination. Okay. I had this other project I was probably supposed to be doing. And it was just like, well, let me see if I can make some quick money selling pictures of my feet. It is not as easy as it sounds. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) wait, wait, Melissa, wait. So yes, exactly. So wait, so there's a story in hashtag IMU called (laughs) the $50 stripper. Because... Because people think that quick schemes are quick and they're not. They're really not quick. So wait, so I'm 22. I'm a young mom. My son is just a few months old and I'm dancing at this point. I'm dancing in videos. I'm on magazine covers. Like I'm like kind of so-called living the life you think, right? On Mm -hmm. the surface. So back in the day, Motown and like bad boy, they took 30 days to pay you, right? So you would do a video and then 30 days you got your check. So in between one of these checks, I didn't have, this is how I remember the story. I don't know if it was really like this, but this is how I remember the story. One day there was no food in, well, maybe not one day, one week, there was no food in the refrigerator. At least I thought. And I'm like, I don't have any money. You know, it's going to be 30 days before I get a check. You know, I just need something to hold me over. What quick thing can I do? So I'm a professional dancer. And, you know, I do go to the club occasionally. And I I dance with guys and I dance on guys. So, you know, let me try stripping. So I go to the strip club. Girl, the first night I tried stripping, I made $50. Because I didn't know you got to pay five. Girl, you see how you laugh? Yo, y'all, she put it on mute so y'all don't see her laughing. <laughs> and I'm not an ugly girl, as she just said, right? <laughs> Yo, I told somebody else this story. They said, well, maybe during that time, you know, $50. I was like, no, $50 is never good. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, $50. I didn't know that you had to pay like five people before you actually got money. You got to pay the bartender. You got to pay the club. You got to pay the woman in the dressing room called the house lady. Got to pay the DJ. And there's somebody else you got to pay, right? Before you Probably like what, the bodyguard or the, 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 the security? The, the, the security, off. right? <laughs> yeah. 
So I go to the ladies and I'm like, yo, you know, how you make money up in here? Like, yo, I just made, they was like, you got to invest. You got to buy hair and shoes and makeup and, you know, you got to create this persona, but I'm broke. I ain't mm-hmm. got no money. I'm trying to do something quick, quick, quick. And you telling me I got to make an investment in this before I make some, nah, B, that ain't for me either. You know what I'm saying? But that not being for me made, then led me to prostitution. Mm. And that wasn't for me either, but mm-hmm. the desperation that I felt thinking something was quick mm-hmm. that wasn't the shame I felt not going and ask for help because I'm on TV, I'm in magazines. No one's going to think, what you mean? If I ask for help, I'm going to hear a lecture with that help. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? No, I can't go to anybody. So out of feeling desperate, out of feeling ashamed, out of thinking I can do something quick. And then the mm-hmm. disappointment that it didn't, that it wasn't that quick was like, well, let me do something else. And then that something else definitely didn't feel good, definitely didn't make a difference. But the reason why I share that story now is because guess what? Now my son is 22, living on his own with two other young people. And you know what? They're going to have a moment that they're not going to have food in that refrigerator. And they're going to be too embarrassed to call their parents because they don't want to get lectured. Why you mean you don't got no food in the refrigerator? You ain't budget right? What the fuck is wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? Yep. So Budgeting is not taught in school either, I just want to say. Hello. You know what I'm saying? But that's a whole nother other conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? But again, those feelings is now going to lead him to do things that he knows is not in his best interest. He knows that he could wait out. He knows, like I'm on the phone with my son yesterday, who's 25, praying with him because he had a bad week financially on his job. But I had to pray with him like, yo, that's humbling. Because if you always making without having some level of disappointment, you don't know how to balance that. You don't know how to deal with that. So learn how to be patient because at the end of the day, you know you got this. You know it does work. So you know that that's teaching you to have patience. But now I can give you an example. I can give you something relatable and not just telling you, you know, I know what you mean. I'm actually sharing a story that's pretty much embarrassing to share, but you get at the heart to what I'm trying to tell you because you know that things you're going to do is going to be fucked up 10, 15 years later, but that doesn't define you. I didn't become a stripper. I didn't become a prostitute. So why be ashamed of things that were steps along my journey? Because Mm -hmm. no one wants to say I tried stripping. Unless they were a stripper. You know what I'm saying? No one would say I tried prostitution unless they're a prostitute. So you have to be able to know that it's not all about you Mm -hmm. and share those things because that's why we're not sharing. A lot of our community gets kicked out or leave home because their parents can't address what their teenage child is going through. But it's not that they don't want to. It's because when they was going through their teenage stuff, their parents didn't address it with them. Yeah. So now, and they feel that they turned out okay. <laughs> so, so now they're like, well, I turned out okay. So now they're repeating something because they don't know how to say what you're feeling or what you're going through. I don't understand mm. what you're feeling or what you're going through. I don't know how to help. They don't know how to say it because you're supposed to be the parent. You're supposed to know it all. You're supposed to, what do you mean you don't know something? So we we get, we don't know how to say we don't know. We don't know how to say we're scared. We don't know how to say that religion has to be questioned because I'm also taught to love you unconditionally. 
So if I'm taught to love you unconditionally, even if I'm taught something else, I'm still taught to love you unconditionally, but we haven't had the tools to know how to do both. You know what I'm saying? So a lot, what happens is not that I want you to run away. It's not that I'm kicking you out. I don't know how to talk to you. And now there's a disconnect. So now we have a whole community that's ran away or that has been kicked out, not because their parents don't love them, because their parents don't know how to talk to them. Do your parents talk to you? Girl, bye. (laughs) I'm 46 years old and don't know how to fucking masturbate. Why? Because no one taught me how to love and know my body. What they said was don't have sex because it's fornication and you're not going to get, you're supposed to get married and you're going to get kids. What? That's Mm -hmm. all I was taught. I was never taught to understand. I was never even taught that women have complete orgasms. I was having sex up until 20. I didn't have my first fucking orgasm until I was 32 years old and had three kids already. Oh my goodness. Melissa. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Because I never even had the conversation. I didn't even know that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? All I was taught was this rigid, this, that, and a third, you know? And then also my mom, my mother allowed her husband to kick me out at 15. So oh, wow. in a crucial time of development, I didn't have that mom, you know, talking to me about, you know, how to be a woman or, you know, how to use myself or how to understand myself or how to be a mom. Once I became a mom, I didn't I didn't have that from her. But I also believe now as an adult, she didn't have those tools from her mother. My grandmother talked more to me than she did probably to her own kids. Because when my mom kicked me out, I lived with my grandmother for about six months. And in that time that I lived with my grandmother, that's how I learned about being a woman. Because my grandmother was like, you know, we got some hips in this family. And you know, you walk a certain way. And you know, this is why certain things happen because you got a little swag. I was like, what the heck? What the what? But all of that, I see now because we do, my family, we do, we are built a certain way. We do move a certain way. All of those things made sense as I became older. And now I get to instill that with my daughter instead of her being out here clueless. Like she says, she's still a virgin. Mm -hmm. She's 17. She has a boyfriend, right? So I said to her, you know, you know, did y'all, you know, because she's on birth control. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, has it happened yet? She goes, no. She says, well, why you keep asking me? And I says, because, you know, I just, you know, I don't want to know, but I want to know. So if I can be there for you, I can help you. I can answer. Now, let me questions. ask you, what is virginity to her? Oh, 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 Melissa. See, I don't want to ask that question. Because <laughs> mm, I was a virgin, but I was still doing some stuff. <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't want that. I don't want to answer that question. See, I don't like you now. <laughs> But let me finish with this, because that goes to what you just said. So I goes, well, I just want to be there if you have any questions. She goes, um, I don't think I have any questions you need to answer anymore in my life. Like, I think I, I got it. I said, what now? What? Oh. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> and then I, but then I also remember my opening night to my one woman show I did off Broadway, 2019. And one of the trailers, actually, even now in the show, my son at the time, he was 21. And my son says on video, he goes, what I love about this show is that I never seen my mom talk to this large amount of people the way she talks to us at home. 
So it wasn't what he heard wasn't foreign to him on the stage with his friends. Like, oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? It was already, you know, like, that's my mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, I called my daughter yesterday to ask her for her girlfriend's phone number. And I know she wants to know why I didn't ask her directly. Because we're going to Mexico at the end of the month. And I wanted to, I want the girls to volunteer. I want the girls to go to, like, this, you know, this agency, this nonprofit I heard about. Because Mexico has a very high rate of teenage pregnancy with girls, 11 to 15. So these is all, you know, pretty good girls that we're taking to Mexico for graduation, for their 18th birthday. Like we're, we're not rich parents. We just happen not to be poor parents. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So anytime I go somewhere, I want my kids to still do some community work, but that's me and my kids. Now we got a trip of 50 people. And I know my daughter was like, that's not, that's, this is not your trip, mom. We, everybody may not want to do, we, they want to turn up and get drunk. So I told the mom, I said, shit, we could be drunk going and go volunteer. Like I ain't trying to stop nobody's flow. I must still be smoking. What? <laughs> we just want, we just want the kids to see. <laughs> that <laughs> they need to be grateful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can still turn up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why? What's the disconnect from turning up and giving back? I don't understand. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it can happen at the same time. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm taking over the conversation. Melissa. Oh, God, no. Okay. This is amazing. <laughs> so what was it that you learned? Well, thing is, I'm going to be turning 40 soon. Amen. Uh, Welcome. Thanks. All right. So what do you think is something that I can look forward to? Because I've enjoyed my 30s very much. Okay. I've grown so much. I've just loved my 30s. I didn't think I would. What should I expect when I turn my 40s? Girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you know how they say you like yourself? Yes. You are going to like yourself even more because you are going to begin not to like people. Wait, I'm sorry. Mm. Sorry, guys. I like myself <laughs> mostly every day, <laughs> at least once a day. <laughs> and you like humans. Um, <laughs> they're an interesting species. Yes. <laughs> but I think you get past the people-pleasing part, you know, mm. of your life. You get past thinking and worrying about what folks think, you know, not to say that you have in your thirties. I, I don't know you. Of course I have. Five. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think once you get into your forties, it really becomes an, I don't care. Like, I think that's my when kitties it, are going to be flopping around and <laughs> I'm on my golf cart. And you're fine with it and you're not, but you are. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I think I was finally able to embrace that I got little titties, but I got big nipples. So that's awesome. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, all right, what's the bright side? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't I don't want bigger titties right now. And I do sometimes, but it's like, I'm 40 now. What the fuck? This is yeah. what it is. You know what I'm saying? That I don't care attitude is very freeing. You mm. know, it's, it's very free. And then as you get, like, to your mid-40s, like, I didn't think this was going to happen. Like, I am not, I thought women who, you know, were that were alone were jaded. And... Mm. I realized, like, how long were you married? We were together for 14 years. Okay. You are going to, not now, but, like, come, like, 44, 45, if you're not in something, you are going to be content not. You're going to want companionship once in a while, but you're probably not going to ever want to live with someone again. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? If by that time you're already not. Because you really do get comfortable in your own space. 
You know what I'm saying? And you miss the companionship, but you really enjoy not sharing a space with anyone. And I know that sounds really bad, but it's like- It doesn't really. I mean, I was excited about the lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And and, and that level of acceptance that comes guilt-free, you know, you kind of start to shed- Because you start to reflect. You say, like you said, I'm turning 40. What is that? And I think when you turn 40, you actually really become grown because Mm. you really start now planting seeds. Like, okay, now I'm an adult. I've had my 30s to kind of do what I want. Now I got to think about fucking life insurance. (laughs) 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 Right. (laughs) Like, what now? (laughs) I'm leaving everything to my dog. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Thinking about possible investments, thinking about, okay, what's next that I want to do with my life? Because I've been here now 40 years. Like, when did that happen? How did Mm. that happen? 40 years? Wait, what now? So you start to really like sit and take more time to like get and do what you want, you know, and not do what you feel you have to do. Now you're really like, I'm, I'm going to do what I want because now I figured it out because that's what the 30s is, is figuring out. 20s, we act a fool. 30s, we figure it out. And 40s, now we do it. So by the time we in our 50s, we got foundation. We got a little more money. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. we're still broke at 40. Yep. <laughs> but now I got a little bit more money in the bank at 46 than I did at 40. Because I've just learned how to manage my money. I've learned how to do business differently. I've just learned how to be more direct. And that didn't happen until I came into my 40s. But I was like, all right, I'm grown. Puff mm-hmm. up my chest, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, all right, girl, no more time for bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And I and think that society has put that in our heads too, is that if you're older and you're by yourself, that means we should have pity for you. Like, what a sad life you have. But again, women live longer than men. <laughs> <laughs> Single women. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they say the happiest women are women who are like, late thirties, forties without children around. Like it can be really great. We just need to stop letting other people dictate what our life journey is supposed to be. But I think life period can be great. Mm. I think whatever those limitations, because I look to be married again. I love the guy I'm with right now. You know, I don't want to live with him right now, (laughs) (laughs) but I do, but I do look forward to living with him sometime in the future. But then also I've been single now for, for five years. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why I've been single for five years is because I was married for 10. Then I was with another dude for nine. I was, you know, I had a boyfriend at 17. Like I've been with someone my whole life and I just, I needed to just decompress and I needed to chill and I needed to let my body chill. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I needed to just learn who Kat was and love Kat by herself. And then when that happened, I became okay with just cat, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's what it is. Like I love companionship, but I'm okay without it. And I think that's what we haven't learned and taught folks. You know what I'm saying? We haven't learned folks to be okay in their own space and be okay with themselves. And a lot of us can't be okay with ourselves because we haven't learned to like ourselves. We haven't learned to love ourselves. We haven't learned to accept ourselves. You know what I'm saying? So we're still living in denial and we're still living in for our life. We're living living in a social media where we're living this fake life, wanting people to think that we're living a life that we're not really living. So we're all in denial about what's real and you can't be happy. So when you have taken the cloak off and by the time you get to your forties, you've taken the cloak off because now you kind of, you're a little tired. 
You're not all the way tired, but you're a little tired. So when you feel that tiredness, you got to figure out now how to relieve that. Because now as an adult, you're here to enjoy your life. You've learned all these lessons. Let me let me do what I'm here to do. Let me do what I want to do. And all of that takes us accepting where we're at. Excuse the, the, the pause. Accepting where we're at and then going for it. And again, we just don't, we, we don't see it enough. You know what I'm saying? We either see the final result of happiness, but we don't see how the person got to happiness. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's quite a journey. And it sounds like your one woman show explains that of your journey. It and does. It sounds like a wonderful show. And where can people get that? Girl, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm hoping that the link will be in your uh, preview of this broadcast. They can yeah. get it on my website. It's $14.99 and it's 90, I think it's an hour, but I want to say 90 minutes. <laughs> Don't get scared. It's actually quite entertaining. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you can get it online and you can actually preview because there's trailers before paying the $14.99 to see the whole show. And the beauty is, is that you can watch it on your cell phone, your laptop or your TV, you know, it's online. So virtually you can see it at any time, anywhere across the world. Just click the buy button mm-hmm. <laughs> and watch me tell stories about you. You know what I'm saying? Because it really, we are really reflections. Yo, Melissa, when I first started doing TV, I thought that I was doing, you know, I was on the cause, the black cause. I thought I was, I was just helping black women. <laughs> And when I started looking at, I started watching the show. Have you ever watched Girls? I did, but I didn't like the way that it was filmed. I didn't like the coloring. (laughs) Okay, okay. What I liked about it was the 20-year-old girls were doing stupid shit that I was still doing in my 20s. And they were white girls. So that's what was my point. It was like, oh, shit. Color does not exempt us from stupidity. You know what I, mean? yeah. I was like, I was like, wait a minute. So then I'm start talking to my other sisters, and I'm like, Spanish girls do the same dumb shit. Asian girls do the same dumb shit. We mm-hmm. all do the same dumb shit in our twenties. We all find ourselves and figure shit out in our thirties. Like we all, the color does not change our journeys. So mm-hmm. since the color does not change our journeys, I'm not here to heal my people. I'm here to heal my, us, the people, because we are reflections of each other. We all have the same stories. Our cultures and traditions may be different, mm-hmm. but the root and the core we all got those parents that don't talk. We all mm-hmm. got those parents that are racist. We all got those. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all we all got these stories that are so similar, and we think that they're different, which is what really keeps us divided. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? We think that our stories are different, and they're really not. I am so much like you. You'd be surprised, but then you wouldn't. Yeah. You know, even though you probably was having orgasms before me, but hey, you know. <laughs> I have to admit, yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> I saw the Seinfeld episode and I tried to figure out what the heck they were talking about with this uh, this bat. And that's when I figured it out. Like, women do that? <laughs> so, yeah, Seinfeld yes. taught me. All right. <laughs> there it is. Again, not your, mama, not your mama. Not your mama. Dancing. Well, Kat, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. It's been an honor to speak with you. And I hope that everybody that listens to the show will go over and watch your one-woman monologue show. Thank you so much. So 
make sure you go to the website and download the one woman comedic satire monologue, hashtag I am you, and listen to it, watch it, engage in it, share with other people. I know it's going to be something that all of you enjoy. And make sure that you follow her on all her social media because she is just freaking hysterical all the time while still teaching us lessons from her life. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you're following me on social media. You can find me at Instagram at at real Melissa De Silva because there is no other Melissa De Silva like me. All right, I will talk to you soon. Until next time, keep being amazing, keep love each other, and I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.